Hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. O come, O come, Emmanuel. What fitting words for the beginning of this Advent season. They call for us to not just uh, get tied up or, or caught up in all the busyness of, of getting prepared for December the 25th, but a call that we have in our own hearts and our own minds to, to say, come to us, Lord. Fill our hearts. Fill our minds so that we may be about the work that you have called us to do. So, Lord, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. Amen. You know, uh, last Sunday, being the Sunday before Thanksgiving, I, I heard that uh, the Melodies and the Masaders, and I'm trying to think, who else? It was, was just y'all that just did the decorations in here? Your two families? Jim, Jonel, you and the Masaders? Uh, who? The, the Ramses were here? The Ramses were here too. They, they decorated everything after, after worship. And I, I came over because I still had confirmation and everything. And just was blown away already just the transformation in here. And I just love this the transformation that this, this space takes in Advent. So thank you, uh, Melodies, Ramses, and Miss Otters for, for uh, decorating for Christmas and for Advent uh, this year. But it, it, it starts to get you ready. You know, I, I was telling, I think, I think I was telling some people for services that, man, this, the past two weeks, for some reason, have just been the longest two weeks that I can remember for me. I, and I, maybe it's just, just preparing and, and getting ready for, for Advent, for, for especially what we've been through the past 18-plus months, knowing that we're actually going to be celebrating the way that we, we celebrate and that just made me smile, knowing that we were going to be doing that and, and all of the different activities and, and everything that is happening in the life of our church. I've just, it just filled me with joy. It filled me with, with hope. It, it filled me with, with those things that, that I have just been waiting for and, and excited about. Then I started to think about, you know, a lot of our lives... Is run by by calendars, the calendars that 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 we set up for ourselves. Like if you are a a parent of school age children, you know that the school calendar rules your life. From so from September to to late May, early June, you know what you will be doing. Then, of course, we have all the sporting seasons that are out there. And, of course, you know that I know that February 14th is the day that pitchers and catchers report to spring training. 
That's a very important day in, in, in my life, and I'm looking forward to that. I remember growing up, it, it's not really happened so much now just because of all the, the streaming industry and everything, but you remember that there used to be television seasons that, that you waited from the end of the spring until the beginning of the fall to figure out what happened, like who shot J.R.? Or, or did Pam actually marry Roy? If you know that particular story, you know, what, what happened between Ross and Rachel, all of those type of things, you had to wait. And, and, and there was an anticipation that came along with that waiting. But in the church, we have our own calendar. And that, that Christian calendar doesn't line up with, with any of the other calendars that are out there. It doesn't line up with the school calendar. It doesn't line up with the traditional New Year's on January 1st. It starts today with the very first Sunday of Advent. I, I remember growing up, uh, we had our own way of marking the season of Advent, and when we marked the season of Advent, we had these uh, ribbons, if you will. They, they, they were the felt pieces of cloth. Dave had one, I had one, and they had all these little strings on it. And, and the very first Sunday of Advent, Mom and Dad would go out and buy a bunch of those little peppermint candy canes, the, the, the small ones. And, and Dave and I, we would tie a peppermint to each one of the little uh, little strings that were on this piece of felt. And that was how we counted down to, to Christmas. And, and each day, we would get to go over to this, this piece of felt, and we would take off one of the candy canes. And we knew that, that once we got to the very end and there were no more candy canes left on this little piece of felt, that it was Christmas. And we were so excited, definitely, to take off that last one there on December the 24th, just to, to take that out because we knew what was going to happen. And we were so excited about Christmas. When you grow up, I think sometimes you, you, you forget about that and you start to leave some of that behind just because of what happens in life. But my friends, I think there is something that we need to recapture. And, and that's not about getting excited about what happens on December the 25th, but it's all about what has happened and what will happen because of a man by the name of Jesus. So you see a picture up here. This is a, what is called the Christian calendar, the, the more traditional aspect of, of, of how uh, the, the year looks at. And you can see at the very top, you can see Advent, and then it moves around to Christmas, Epiphany, Ordinary Time, Lent, uh, then you have Holy Week, and then you have Easter, you have Pentecost, and then this green ordinary time all the way back to Advent. And it's this circular motion 
that, that sometimes it gets easy as a church to, to just kind of gloss over and, and not, even forget, not even think about it. You know, I know that there are people, maybe even people here this morning that go, I have even no idea what this is and what you mean by the church calendar. I just know that we show up and, you know, maybe one Sunday it's Christmas, one Sunday it's Easter, one Sunday, you know, we celebrate moms on Mother's Day and all of these type of things that I did, don't realize that there is a pattern or, or a way that we look at this to see how we can continue to grow in our faith in proclaiming the life of Jesus Christ. The first thing to remember, that the season of Advent is not only, or not just about Christmas. Well, what Advent really is, it is an opportunity for the church to begin with the end in mind. See, Advent is really about proclaiming about the return of Jesus to the world in final victory. That's what Advent is about. And I know some people will get upset because, well, we may sing one or two Christmas carols sprinkled throughout the first two couple of Sundays of Advent. But we want to remember, as followers of Jesus Christ, we have hope because we know that Christ will come back in final victory. And we will, will share in that victory with Jesus Christ, but we celebrate that final victory because of Christmas. That shares about the birth of Jesus Christ into the world. The, the, the coming of, of the Christ child, of the babe in a manger. But we just don't stop there as a church. We, we continue to move forward into the season of Epiphany, which is the manifestation of Jesus Christ to the world. His actions, his, his teachings, how he helped lead the 12 disciples and us into our faith, which leads us to Lent, which is Jesus' journey to the cross to pay for our sins, to, to give his life up for us so that when we get to Easter, we celebrate resurrection and the power of Christ being risen from the grave, and, and that is an event that affects the entire world. And we have the ability and the joy and the honor to, to celebrate and proclaim that to all of the world, which reminds us and leads us to the ascension where it shows the enthronement of Jesus over the world, which says that when we pray, Jesus Christ is praying with and for us as he sits at the right hand of God in heaven. And then Pentecost reminds us that Jesus sent his spirit into the world to, to allow the church to not just be something that's located in, in Jerusalem, but that is spread throughout the entire world so we can share in that story. And then the kingdom tide, which proclaims the good news of Jesus Christ to the world and leads us back to Advent, which reminds us again of the second coming, that Christ will return. That is a beautiful story. That is a beautiful story, and I am just so thankful 
that I have the ability and the part to play in proclaiming that story to you and to the community around us. But I think another way that we should look at this calendar is that this calendar gives us a calling. And that calling is, just to put simply, to proclaim Christ, to proclaim Jesus Christ all year round. See, if we don't do that, my friends, if we as a church fail to proclaim who Jesus Christ is, then we've missed the mark. And proclaiming who Jesus Christ and that invitation all starts with Advent. It all starts with this season, with this moment right here. So, so what exactly is Advent? If, if you remember what Advent is, it's simply put, it is the arrival of a noble, notable person or event. So yes, we are preparing for the birth of the Christ child, but we are also preparing for his second arrival when he returns. But I think we have to realize that in, in the midst of waiting, in, in the midst from when Christ was born until Christ returns again, we have a hard time to see that. Because it's hard for us in our everyday lives to, to fully live into Christ's return because of the world that is broken around us. When we worry about the future, when we worry about what tomorrow may bring, when we worry about how Will we make it through all of the trials and the tribulations that we see around us? But my friends, all we have to do is listen to the words of Jesus. And listen to the words that he gives us in John chapter 14, verse 27, where he says, Peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, but I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled Neither let them be afraid. So we know that, that even in the darkest times, e even when we seem like everything is gone awry, Jesus gives us his peace. Jesus gives us his hope. Jesus gives us his joy. Jesus gives us his love. And then we can give what Christ has given to us for others. So as we begin this Advent and this new year together, our scripture for this morning gives us a picture of how we can hold on to Jesus as we begin this new season. And we do it with hope. And our scripture is from Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. And we'll have the words on the screen for you to follow along if you don't have your Bibles with you this morning. Where the writer of Hebrews says, Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur on one another towards love and good deeds 
not giving up meeting together, as some has in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, I, lo I love how this passage starts out. Let us, let us hold on unswervingly to the hope. Unswervingly. And that, that's just a fun word to say, isn't it? Unswervingly. You know, some, some translations have a little more, more of a simple way of saying it, to hold fast or, or to, to hold tightly. But to, unswervingly reminds me of, of, of really being focused focused on something. And, and that, that focus is, is, is set on Jesus Christ. That, that no matter what is being shaken around us, no matter what may happen around us, we hold on to this hope that Christ will never leave us. I'm in the process of wrapping up the uh, the U version has this Bible in a year uh, reading plan that I've done for uh, the second year in a row. And, you know, right around now, you know, it, it gets, gets kind of tiring, I, I admit, to, to make sure that you're, you're following and digging in every day and following the Bible plan. And, and we're in the book of Daniel. And, and I forget how much I enjoy the book of Daniel. There are a lot of great stories within the book of Daniel. And one of those stories is about three guys, named Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Or if you're a VeggieTale enthusiast, Rack, Shack, and Benny. But, and, and, and they are, are, are in service to King Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar gives a order to these three servants that whenever they hear this horn blow, that there was a big old giant gold statue of Nebuchadnezzar that was built in the middle of town, that everybody was going to go and, and bow down to this particular, this, this idol of Nebuchadnezzar. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, no, no, we're, we're not going to do that. We only serve one true living God. And so the trumpet blew, and those three did not bow. And if you're familiar with the story, you know that, that people saw them and, and, and told on them, and they were ga gathered together, and, and they, they were thrown into the furnace. And, and when they were in the furnace, they, they didn't burn up, but instead another person joined them in the fire and they lived and it turned the entire community around and, and Nebuchadnezzar knew that the God that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego followed was the one true God. But they would have never seen that if Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego weren't unswerving. They, they would have never seen that if Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego said, you know what, well, we'll just go ahead and just kind of, you know, do something just real quick. So we go, oh, no, we, we did it, but we'll, we'll still follow, follow, follow God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that if they held on to unswervingly, that, that, that the hope that they had, that, that God would see them through the midst of this fiery furnace, in the midst of this trial, in the midst of, of this un, uh, uncertainty in their lives, they knew that they professed hope 
in the light of what was happening in their circumstance. Hope. What a blessed thing to profess. Other translations, they, they talk about affirming, but, but I, I love the word profess because it helps us to say that, that we just don't say inside our hearts, oh yeah, we, we believe in hope. But, but when we profess that hope or when we confess that hope, we are sharing that hope with others around us. And that's what the beginning of Advent is all about. It's not about getting ready for the birth of the Christ child, but it's about saying we are standing and professing in the hope that the risen Christ was born in a manger so that we may have life and we may have life abundantly and we may share in that life with one another. They had no idea that I was going to say this or, or do anything about this, and I hope I don't embarrass them by saying this. But we had an amazing picture of hope this morning with John and Monica Lamb. For several months, we've been praying over this family praying over what they were going through with a grim diagnosis. But what an example of hope this morning to have them come and light the first candle on our Advent wreath. If that doesn't make you say, praise God, I don't know what will. If, if that doesn't say, you know what, this is the hope that we hold on to, I don't know what else will. But it, but it reminds us that the hope that we have, the hope that we profess, is an active hope. The hope that we share isn't something empty that we, we are wishing for, but we proclaim because of who Jesus Christ is and what he has done in the midst of our lives. And then, my friends, when we profess, we are invited to share that with others and to allow them to come and be a part of this journey together. Hebrews reminds us that we should never give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but we encourage one another as we continue to see the day approaching. You know, if there's one message that I feel like that I've said a lot over the past few weeks that some of you may be sick and tired of me saying is that the church is better when we gather together. The church is bold in its witness when, when the people come and gather side by side with one another. And my hope through this Advent season that we see the power of the gathered people to come and make a difference because Christ 
has made a difference in us. You know, my prayer. My, my prayer through this Advent season as we move into this new year is that we begin this season looking at it differently. Not just, okay, well, the, the, the decorations are up. We're, we're starting to light the candles. We're, we're getting everything all ready to go for, for Christmas. But we take a look at this season with hope for the second return of Christ before we celebrate the birth of the Christ child. As the author of Hebrews wrote in Hebrews chapter 12, let us now fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. My friends, that is a picture of hope. That is a picture of what we proclaim, and that is a picture of what we live as we start this journey of Advent, as we start the journey of this new year together this morning. Let us pray. Oh God, I think if we are honest with ourselves, we can see that this world sometimes lack, lacks hope. And if I'm honest, I would think that the main reason why this world lacks hope is because our eyes are fixed on something else. Our eyes are fixed on power. Our eyes are fixed on security. Our eyes are turned inward on us and not upward towards you. Because if we truly lived in the hope that the Christ that will come again lives in us, then we can be hope for the world around us. As we see examples of hope in our own congregation, hope that has been lived out, hope that has been proclaimed, help us to be messengers of that love, messengers of that hope, messengers of the love and grace of Jesus Christ that changes our lives and changes the lives around us. So God, as we say together, Happy New Year. Help us to share the love and grace and peace of this new year with others through you. And we pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Amen.